Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Subscribe on iTunes, YouTube, and Spotify at Toddcast Podcast. Do you need my face? Can you see my face? Yeah, yeah. Hit, hit the face, man. I see the face for sure. Hey. Right on. Right, right on. There you go. Um, All right. So, uh, yeah, this is, uh, man, this is, this is a great idea. And I think this was Alex's idea originally, I think, at the, uh, at the jam space. Like, Fuck yeah. yeah, let's do this. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, that was a while it was, it was a couple of months back now. So, um, so the harpoonist and the axe murderer are playing with the history of gunpowder at, uh, this is the, the place that David Hawks is running now, right? Called the, the Hollywood theater. You betcha. Mm. Well, that's going to be a great show. Yeah. So that's November 11th. How did you guys meet each other? How do you guys know each other? Sean, do you remember? <laughs> How do we know each other? Um, I mean, when I really first met Alex, it, I believe it was last New Year's Eve. Oh, right. And in Nanaimo, we were going out to a New Year's Eve at a at a undisclosed bar that was all boarded up because yeah. they weren't allowed to have New Year's gatherings. So we all snuck in the back door and we went to a private boarded up bar <laughs> and had uh, a really really fantastic night. <laughs> and we hit it off uh like you know i don't know two thieves and a and a, and a diamond mind and and that was the beginning i think the the, the the night was so good that the next morning while this motherfucker was sleeping <laughs> i went out and grabbed some fried chicken a, some bottle chicken. Of, a bottle of vodka um some caesars some mott caesars in a can and then some Clamato juice and came back and that's how I woke everybody up. And that was our initial meeting. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Wow. And, and how good, and how good does it feel to be back? I mean, collectively you guys have both played shows since, you know, a post COVID, I suppose is how we're putting it, but how good yes. is it to be, to be back? And like, uh, I guess the question goes to both of you guys. Like, did you have to uh, like fight with creativity over the pandemic or, or did you lose the muse or? I don't think either of us did actually. I know Sean was busy writing songs and 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 I was real busy uh with a lot of production stuff. I mean uh, Sean didn't didn't you guys finish an album as well? Uh we finished uh the album was finished mixing but we had a concert film to go with it and so I think we were doing that. Oh no, yeah, sorry. I did. I embarked yeah. on a solo career. I completely Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's what I thought. And and you and you put that uh satellite stuff out and that was the first time that i can't that me and you had kind of contact was i met your wife at a bar and okay. i figured out that, that that lens was that was your 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 femme hubby and uh and i was like you gotta tell sean that i stole an editing technique from that oh. video oh that yeah, yeah 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 because Sean has this great video with um, Harpoonus and Satellite, correct? And yeah. um, and there's these kind of like split screen slide on, slide, slide off 
uh, editing yeah. techniques. Okay. And I have a song called Gasoline Tree that we did at Hippostonic Studios, and I stole that editing technique. So that was the first time that we had like contact. I was like, you got to tell them that. And then the and then pretty close after that, we had the debauchery, and uh, thus sprang the friendship. But so you know, we were both busy. I mean, we we all I think both of us. One of the reasons why we get along and and whatnot, debauchery aside, is because we're always pushing both of us. And I think we always have a lot in the can. And uh, yeah, the history of gunpowder is coming out with like a feature length film. We ch changed a church into a studio, and w we did a lot of cool stuff over the over the pandemic. But it's yeah. damn good to be playing in front of people again. Well, I saw, John, I saw your band. Uh, what, what festival was that on the North Shore again? Uh, oh, why did I just uh, completely drop? <laughs> yeah, same. Uh, Ambleside. Yeah. Ambleside this summer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And what a fantastic, like, yeah, I went to uh, two of those days and, uh, you know, caught your show uh, prior to, I guess it was Walk Off the Earth, had played the main stage after you guys had played on the on the B stage or whatever it was called. Yeah. Dude, killer set, man. Like you guys have got it together. And that was, wasn't it? Um, uh, uh, the drummer from uh, boom booms was playing with you guys. Yeah, you got it. You got it. Yeah. That's Theo. We, we, Theo. um, Matt tried to officially retire his drumming, uh, is his drumming skills. Cause he spent the last 15 years in our band playing foot drums. Right. And so, and we've been seated for 15 years, but I started, Standing and Matt was like, you know, we've been buddies with the Boom Booms for well over 10 years. Yeah. And we incorporated Theo last spring on congas and drums at the same time. And so that's that's what we're, you know, just so that Matt can start stretching his legs because there's limitations with seating and doing your drums. You're snaring mm. your kick with your feet. Yeah. Um, but there's also power to it. And that's kind of how we built our our name, right? That was how we carved our, you know, made our bread and butter or our sound, I would say, was the, was through the simplicity yeah. and not having hi-hats and all that stuff. So bringing a drummer on board literally feels like uh, having a Count Basie orchestra Yeah, for us, for a band our size. Yeah, For, yeah. for this guy, for Alex, that's like um, one of uh, many different cogs in the machine, depending on the mood that he's in and what, <laughs> you know yes, what right. what songs he's writing and the 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 arrangement right 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 a question for for both of you guys again we'll start with you, with you sean what was the music like in your house as a kid growing up um high life music because my parents lived in west africa in the 60s oh. a lot of a lot of reggae a lot of stones um a little bit of bob dylan a little bit of zeppelin um and a little bit of uh soul music and my dad had a pretty solid relationship with felonious monk um oh, yeah. and miles davis and and all that so that's what that's that's what i grew up with but i kind of once i heard the blue stuff you know right around when i was 12 Mm. then i just like took a 20 year dip into that world <laughs> yeah like what's that i think i'll try that yep. out for a bit what is that yeah <laughs> nice and how about you, yeah. Alex? Yeah, I, I mean, my, you know, before picking up a guitar or starting to create myself, my mother kind of, I guess, was an influence. She was part of, I grew up in Yukon, right? I grew up in Whitehorse. I'm from up north. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and, and so, and we grew up outside of Whitehorse. We grew up kind of in the forest. And 
And um, my mom had this kind of folk band called La Poutine Acoustique, my mom's Quebecois. And uh, they had all of the kind of Quebecois musicians and Whitehorse come into my kitchen and play accordion and, and all this stuff. My mom would play bass and sing or something like this, and they would play old Quebecois folk Awesome. Tunes. So I, I think that had something to do with it. And it was a party too, you know, like, uh, and it was cold and dark in the winter and then they would just break out the brandy and all that. So that that was it. But similarly, when I encountered Blind Willie Johnson, mm. uh, and I think that you can probably tell from the way I sing and whatnot, Blind Willie Johnson was was the blues artist that really hit me and I I, Got into him pretty young, but same thing. When I hit the blues train, it was kind of all over, and and that's what I was doing. Yeah, yeah. And and what was the first concert that you went to, Alex? First concert that I went to, I have no idea. But really? just as you know, important. I just saw that Mars Volta is on a reunion tour, and I saw Mars Volta back in the day. Okay. And that is a you know just to be topical with it that was a concert that always stuck with me was mars volta and 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 they're playing good on this tour they're playing better than their new album is so that's good oh that's so, good so you <laughs> you saw the mars volta back in the day when it was john theater uh drumming with the band yeah. as well yeah yeah that that, that, that guy's got to be one of the best rock drummers oh yeah like ever he's now of course with queens of the stone age but mm. he did a project did you guys ever hear about that project he did with uh Zach de la Roca? Zach de la Roca, yeah. The uh, One Day as a Lion. What's it called? One Day as a Lion. Oh, my God. And And there's like maybe four four or five songs on this EP, and it's fucking incredible, man. Incredible. And I think it's just Zach on... um, Zach on on the keys or synth or whatever, yeah. Sub-synth, and then... And then John Drummond, yeah. Yeah. Dude, it's that's, so that's 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 killer. That's all I've been doing all day at my buddy Jonas's place. Jonas, Jonas, jo- Jonas, Jonas, Jonas Shandell from uh, formerly from Headwater back in the day, but he's been oh, on okay. drums and I've been on that that uh, chord oh, model. Nice. We've been writing all day, so oh nice, um, yeah, drums and bass. That's that's like kind of you need no more. I know, right? Yeah. Truly, oh, I thought you meant uh, jo- Jonas. Uh, do you guys remember a band called Black Betty? I think I do. Where, where, like, where, what era? Maybe two thousand four, five, six, something like that. Okay. Around there, and it's very like uh, uh, it. You know, it was Jonas was the drummer, but also singing, almost a uh, Chris Cornell vibe with the singing. And then Anna would come out, and Anna's just a smoke show, like hot, long black hair comes out, fucking ripping Tony Iommi riffs, like. Wow. Deadly, deadly band man yeah wow yeah i don't you know what i i don't think i ever saw them back in the day but i was in and they're from vancouver right yeah 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 darn it i was too busy going to see soul stream back in the early 2000s yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> and how about how about you sean what was your first concert uh my first concert my first 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 concert my first like big concert that i remember was uh, Michael Jackson victory tour at the CNE grandstand with my family. Wow. And, wow. and that was 1984. I just remember like calling cause uh, it was, wow. you had to like, you had a rotary phone and you always had a busy signal and it took like all morning to call through. And when we got tickets, that was like, literally there was no better 
thing in our lives that happened. So that was yeah. the first major, major concert that I think I ever went to. And then I never looked back after that. Like, what the hell do you top that off with? Well, come on. They're setting the bar right out of the gate there, right? Yeah. 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 Did you guys ever camp? Because I used to camp overnight at like the uh, uh, Live Nation or whatever the hell. No, Ticketmaster, I guess. I'd, I'd, mm. I'd camp overnight. Because you remember they used to give you like those little slips and it wouldn't be like, even though you're like the first in line, it doesn't mean you're getting the fucking first tickets. You just get yeah. a chance to buy some tickets. Yeah. You guys ever do that? I used to camp overnight downtown Vancouver. All That's the all the time? Like I did it. if it was a band I needed to see, fuck yeah, I was doing yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, then you did. I did it uh, when the Black Crows, I was in high school and the Black Crows played a, a secret show at the Opera House in Toronto and mm. under the name OD Jubilee. Oh, and yeah. I remember skipping high school to go stand in line all day to get one of 500 tickets. And it was crazy. It was crazy because the Rolling Stones were playing that night in Toronto. Chuck Lavelle, the keyboardist and Ron Wood joined them up on stage that night. And for oh, like man. a, for an 18 or 19 year old dude, that's <laughs> like, that's bonkers. And are you playing like in a band at that point? Are you, are you into music? I, yeah. I, yeah. I've been playing in high school. Yeah. bands or a high school band since i was um 15 or 16 okay so and that's what like that didn't put me through high school but that's what i did on my weekends was yeah play gigs uh you know straight so i've been playing in bars for far too long yeah yeah far too long to imagine right and what yeah. uh if if you could pick one could you nail it down to one career highlight or is that just fucking too hard that's too. I'm, that's way too hard, man. That's so. I'm. I'm 47. Uh, there's been a lot. You know what though? I would say the the most, the game changer, yeah. for for my band was being offered 900 bucks. Maybe it was 800. Maybe it's tiny bit more. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Who cares about what the the fee was? Uh, but we had the opportunity to open up for Taj Mahal on a floating stage at oh, the Castle wow. Jazz Fest. Wow. That. And the and the, the promoter was like, "You're gonna take whatever I offer you because this is Taj Mahal, and you're gonna open up on a Friday night." And there were only two bands in the bill, and that was it. And that changed my career. That just that that opportunity and being able to be that that close to uh, a legend like Taj Mahal was like, I don't think I've had anything else quite like that. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it's a wow. game changer. Yeah, no doubt. How, how about you, Alex? Uh, you know. I think these, the few European tours that we've had have been really great just to, I don't know, you know, I think Sean is kind of similar to myself in, in that he, he just said he was writing all day in that, you know, the process is just beautiful, man. When, when you start, when you start really just loving that, it's, it's, it's great to just create stuff when you have a proficient team around you and you can just pump stuff out and just kind of scratch that, that itch in a really beautiful way. That's good. But, but, you know, we just came back from Italy this summer too. And, and there was a few moments on that Italian tour, which, which were amazing. I know Sean was telling me about, he, he had a great experience in, um, in Lisbon, I think, and more in Portugal somewhere. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there are those, there are those times where you, you open up or you play with, with someone that you look up to and, and that really hits, hits hard. I mean, that Taj Mahal. Uh, that's insane, man. Beautiful. Yeah, the Taj, yeah. The Taj Mahal. And that's not like a check it out, Taj Mahal, but like I've only. No, yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 And, and, and I mean, you know, for me, I, I, 
the first time I ever played in a bar, I played, I, I was kind of trained to be a jazz guitarist. I was, you know, I was learning Mingus arrangements and stuff pretty young. And um, I was about 13 or 14 and I walked into this place called Broken City in Calgary. Yeah. And Gordon Gardena, who's here in, in Vancouver, and in my mind is still the best guitarist that, that, and he's chaotic and crazy and he's exactly what I would want in a guitarist. But Gordon Gardena, Simon Fisk, Kenton Lowe, and all of these like really heavy hitter jazz guys were playing and I got up there as a 13 year old and I played like bright sized life, like some, some standard. And, you know, 10 years later, they're opening up for me in Montreal. When wow. I was oh, wow. 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 That's and awesome. that was, and that was one of the, that was one of those times where, you know, not only do, does Gordon and, and all these guys that I used to look up to see me as whatever uh, an equal, an equal in sure. an industry or as a, or as, or a musical equal, they love the stuff that I've done, but also that I can kind of provide a good platform and a crowd and all that stuff when they're yeah. at least because I already had moved to Montreal and I had that, that thing going there. So, you know, there's those moments where you go, okay, mm. right. This is, yeah. this and, and guys talk about a, the, the European crowds and why is it that they're so fucking mental over there? Like, I just had a conversation with the new bassist of Whitesnake. Do you guys know uh, Tanya O'Callaghan? She's no. just, she's just a, a monster. Right? She plays, like, Dee Schneider and, like, uh, Steven Adler's band. And, like, she's just, you know, Pussifer when, when Maynard James Keenan started up that project. And wow. anyway, she, she had said the same thing, that these European crowds, for whatever reason, like, they just absolutely stomp North American crowds. Do you, do you agree? And why do you think that is? I... I mean, yeah, you go you go ahead, man. You were most recently over there. So what, what was your summer in Italy like? Yeah. Man? I mean, l listen, Canada, ha there's a few things about Canada that are hard to ignore, and especially Vancouver. But, you know, th the community aspect, living around other people, living on top of other people, and not wanting to be in your apartment watching Netflix at night, actually just instinctively going out for a show or to the to the corner cafe or corner bar and talking to the bartender, whatever it is, there's just a more communal thing. So people just attend more shows. Mm. And once that's more part of your life, it you you kind of you kind of just get it in your bones, I think. Uh, there's more of a history there for it. And you know what? There's some vanilla shit going on here. A little bit. <laughs> yeah, sure. A little bit. I know. I don't wanna, like <laughs> I don't want to name any names because we just got back playing. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I'm, I'm really happy where people can come out one night in, in Canada, but in Europe, like it all depends in Europe though. Depends yeah. if you're like Tuesday night in Frankfurt when it's, when Reaper Bond is not yeah. going on yeah, yeah, is yeah, yeah, Tuesday yeah. night in, in a German city, no matter how cool the bar, they're going to pull out the decibel meter and yeah. your show will be done by 1030. Yeah. Like I saw that happen. We went on tour with a band called Dr. Dog. Um, really, really cool Philly band. And the decibel meter got pulled out no. in two or two or three of the clubs in Germany. You know, now you go over to France, it was a different thing. The promoters were different and and things shifted around. But it all depends on the country, you know. Like I think yeah. Spain, yes. But yeah. I like Spain was great, but I'm playing for passion, food wine and maybe truffles and for me yeah. 
<laughs> you know, if I didn't have a family to raise, it, actually, you know what? I'm I'm happy at this point in my life getting paid and truffles, wine, or any kind of cured meat is like sure. that's good for me, right? I don't, I don't know about you, Alex, but like that's I'll yeah. take that, man. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Well, and and you know, it's 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 really interesting because you know that vil- vanilla shit that I mentioned. You know, that being said, some of the best musicians I've ever encountered are from vancouver oh sure and are, and yeah. are from yes yeah, yeah for sure and and so you know the the disconnect is you know not to this isn't a negative thing the disconnect isn't frustrating or anything it's just strange it's strange that there's so much talent so much creativity uh around and there's so much good stuff coming out um but that's why it's important to tour and travel and go to these new places and all that stuff you know it's it's good to get out and be liberated in different ways but then come back here and i was just at sean's place sean's got a good setup to produce and and you know coming back and being creative and and playing with the musicians that you have around you too is really important so it's all good you know Yeah. yeah so so guys for this uh november 11th show uh again it's the hollywood hollywood theater in vancouver yeah so it's the harpoonist and the axe murderer the history of gunpowder. Mm. Is there going to be crossover? Will we see maybe a... Will we see the crossover? Yeah. <laughs> there, going there, better on, be, like... there better be crossover. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that would be yeah, we're, I think I'm going to go up and do some stuff. Um, definitely with, with you guys. And then I think I'll have to like handpick maybe a couple of you guys to come, come on board. Two or three, depending on what the night looks like, but there's, you know, different, we've got Miss Quincy that's singing with us, uh, formerly Jody Peck. So that'll be, um, Ken Nito for us. And then aside from that, we're, um, we haven't done a proper Vancouver show in years since the Fox theater. Wow. So, so this is, and this is the first time we played the Hollywood, like we literally haven't done a Vancouver show in probably four years. Wow. Aside from Ambleside, in the summer, which was a festival, but we all know clubs are clubs and festivals are festivals. So. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was relatively fast. Your show at Ambleside was like maybe 40, hey? Like 30, 40? It wasn't very long. Yeah, it was just because it hit it and quit it. It was fast, yeah. Because yeah. I was like, fuck yeah! And then yeah. my kids were, of course, they were loving it, but then they were like, it's already done? I'm like, yeah, I guess it's already done. Like, it seemed really fast. Yeah, it was, it was. It was a good, it was a really good time, though. And you know what? That was a great time. They need uh, they need to attract more people next year. But hats off for people taking a risk putting on a brand new festival. I yeah. agree. I told That's them like, that uh, you know, let me know as soon as like, and I'll push it out on my socials. Like, you don't even yeah. pay me, man. I just want people to go to it. Like, give me a, give me a couple tickets so I can get in. But like, you know, I don't need any money. Just fucking get me in the door, and I'll make sure my friends are there. It was fucking rad, man. It was super fun. Yeah, that's sweet. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I agree, yeah. man. All right, boys. Out, outside of music, what are you? What are you both binge watching right now? Binge watching. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're um, not. <laughs> oh I god. Know. I. You know. <laughs> I'm. I'm binge watching. You know the old farts that um, were the people that produced Top Gear. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that yeah. British race. I've been watching Carnage à Trois, uh, uh, which is which is, oh man, it like makes me look like an old crony. A no. bunch of old farts <laughs> having competitions with far too much money, 
all over the planet doing ridiculous challenges in vehicles that have been modified. That's what I'm watching. That's like mm -hmm. that sounds amazing. I want to come over. So I mean, it's cool. It's, it's nerdy. It's, it's nerdy as heck. But so, did you get into the? What do we used to have here, ripping around the indie, right? We like raid around all false false creek and like the science world and all that. Did you ever watch those things? Like, ooh, no, yeah. no, it was insane. My wife's uncle had a place. Uh, well, maybe you guys know him, Patrick Zulanov. You know Patrick? Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's my my wife's uncle, uh, Uncle Patrick. And, uh, yeah, he used to have a place like right there in false Creek and, uh, like maybe, I don't know, 18 floors above kind of thing. And we'd watch the indie from his place and drinking beers, smoking dubs and shit. And it was fucking fast as hell, loud as hell. And it was the best, man. I can't believe that we don't have it anymore. Yeah. No kidding. Mm. Yeah. That was, that was back when it was like the players formula one. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever watch those? You ever go down and actually? Yeah, see yeah, yeah. Them? I mean, I watched. I watched them. I grew up in Toronto, so I used to watch them down by the C and E. Oh, you take nice. a, a one by six board and climb to the top of a fence where the fence was on a right angle. Yeah. Put the one by six board across the top and sit there. Uh, <laughs> right. Back back in the day, before like back before you know people weren't allowed to do anything fun. Right. Yeah, hey, um, yeah, yeah. No, get off that. Yeah, you can't be on there. Come on. Yeah, but that's yeah. what, you know, I, I grew up in Parkdale and I remember doing that one as a kid. But yeah, I miss, I mean, I, I miss that kind of stuff. So now I got to just watch it at home on TV and Netflix. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> fair enough. And and are you guys sports fans? Are you, are you, do you care about the Canucks and we're getting absolutely drubbed at the start of this season? I'm, I'm, I'm more basketball, but Alex, are you a hockey fan? Uh, not really, no. I mean, <laughs> I, I, it's funny. I've been out of the game. For so long, my my drummer Nick Folked is a Flames fan, and <laughs> and and he likes the, uh, this coach uh, Sutter Sutton. Oh God, he's gonna kill me. But he but the last time that I was into the Flames was when it was like 15 years ago, 16 years ago, and he's back. They right. like rehired him, and I'm like, they still have the same coach. Nick was like, Alex, it's been 15 years. It's been Actually, no, years. bro. So, we yeah. seven coaches. <laughs> That's how – I'm like, is Aginla still playing? Aginla's like 60 years. I don't, I don't yeah. know, man. Like, <laughs> I, 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 I've, been, I've been out for forever. I, I did a hard right turn whenever right. I picked the guitar. It just went. But, you know. Uh, That's not a bad thing, though, man. Music monopolizing your time is not a bad thing. Yeah. It's not a bad. It's not. But what? What about you, Todd? Are you like your your connects for life or what? Yeah, you know. Oh crap! Sorry, I didn't even see the. I didn't even see the. We're we're in the, the the jersey here tonight or the the hoodie. But yeah, you know, I I am. I I was way bigger when I was younger, but uh, yeah. now my 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 oldest guy James is starting to play hockey. So he's been in hockey for the last couple of years. Wow. So now he now he wants to know the stats. He wants to watch all the games. And it's kind of pushed me back into it. And I'm starting to feel like, ah, come on, boys. Let's pull out some wins. Let's get yeah. the W. Yeah. yeah. I guess it's that's just also, gonna... That's also the best, right? Because I, I played it in, in Yukon. In Whitehorse, I played hockey, too. And we used to put our skates on at our front door. Oh, wow. And skate to the rink. Nice. <laughs> because wow. it was like minus 30 for whatever, yeah. two months straight. And, but yeah. I used to love hockey, man. I think it's an absurd thing. I think it's an absurd sport that somehow, like, everyone plays. It's strange, man. You put knives on your feet. I think it's an absurdity. I love it. All right. <laughs> National sport, baby. National sport. Let, yeah. me, let me hit you guys with, uh, with an odd one. I like asking this one because most, most of the time people, people have a, a response to it. So um, 
hit me with a, a near death story. You're like, Holy fuck. It could have died. Oh, okay. Uh, Oh boy. 20, uh, 23 years ago, I was on a highway going towards uh, a mythical uh, peyote town in the mountains of Mexico called Real de Catoras. And I was going with uh, my girlfriend at the time and this hot um, Swiss girl that we picked up in one of the towns prior, So, um, which was my first road trip in Mexico. And in Mexico, if you know the highway system, to the passing lane is the middle lane of the highway. You put your left signal on and you go down. So we were cruising probably a buck 40, a buck 60, when um, a double tractor trailer pulled out in front of us. I was not driving. I was making avocado and lime sandwiches and some, something like that with tomatoes, as one would do. Right, of course. With my knife out making these sandwiches, the truck pulls out. Uh, my friend breaks our car. It's so hot out that the car tires lock. The struts blow through the front of the of of the car so the shocks go up and the tires lock and they melt and they go completely flat and we get up to like probably 10 feet behind the vehicle before our car comes to a stop we pull over oh, to the side of the road we all nerve we check everyone yeah we're like we, we thought we were almost completely dead um and we get out like the tire it was like fred flintstone styles one whole side of the front tires were flat and then we had to drive like that to get to the nearest town to get new shocks and new tires put on our car. And that was, you know, that's probably the most like dramatic near death experience I've had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's but cool. it, it led to a fantastic night afterwards because it also led to my first threesome. Oh, my all life right. back then because all of us had had this near death experience. So it was like, um, yes, very memorable. Yeah. And, and girlfriends <laughs> are kicking in like, holy crap, I can't, we almost died. Like, let's do I can't believe we in. almost died together. Yeah. It's, yeah, uh, yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was amazing. That's, a, that's how the threesome was invented. <laughs> that was the first, that's <laughs> always the first like a crazy road story. Threesome, yeah. yeah. And, and how about you, Alex? Have you got a, a near-death uh, story? Yeah. I Unfortunately, I have a few, but you know, short and we'll make it short, but I was in Myanmar, uh, military dictatorship was still on. I went a little too far North on a river and, uh, you in Myanmar, you kind of at, at this time, 2013, you kind of had to each village got licensing to host foreigners. And if you weren't in a licensed village, uh, people could disappear, families could disappear, you could disappear, whatever it was. I went pretty far north, uh, and they were warring with China on the border at the time, and I went into a village I should not have gone into. And there was some weapons that were waiting for me, and, uh, and, I, and, I, and I hightailed my... And there's some details involved, but we'll keep it short, and I, I hightailed out of there. Wow. And, um, Jesus. And, and yeah, I mean, it, it, but I was there for about six hours. Don't get me wrong. And, and there was rum involved and there was, I had a harmonica with me, Sean. And, and oh, hey, did that was, get you out? That, that that, get man, you. harmonicas get you out of a lot of fucking trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, 
Yeah, no, that that one was kind of a prolonged terror. Yeah, uh, holy but, crap. Yeah, but there, there you know, but you, you get out of it if you know how to how to deal with the situation. Like yeah, some smooth talk will get you out of it for sure. Some money helps. Where's the uh, where's the best place for people to go check your bands out? Like, where are you most active on uh, on social? <laughs> are you active on social? <laughs> depends who you ask. Yeah, yeah. Depends, yeah. depends on what do you mean by active? Yeah, what do you mean by active? You mean like I actively turn it on? Instagram, <laughs> yeah. I would I would think Facebook. I'm too busy trying to sell some crap for one of my kids, or yeah. so you know. I don't know what to do with Facebook. It's like a a, a relative of some sort that you need to keep a relationship up with, but Instagram is where I'm at. So yeah. heartbacks, heartbacks on Instagram. Yep, yep. And yeah. How about you guys, the, Alex? Yeah, the history of gunpowder on Instagram, and I, you know, whoever's listening, I implore you to go to see the show on November 11th at the Hollywood. Uh, if you've never been to the Hollywood, I know we have a big following in East Van. I think we should get the East Van crowd out mm. to kits. And show them the East Van love, and uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful theater that a lot of people in East Van don't even know exists, which mm -hmm. is crazy. Because I was That's just crazy. There. It, I was just there, and it's and it's it's a it's one of the best venues in the city, bar none. Uh, so you know, I'm I'm excited to play there. I'm excited for everyone to come out. Yeah, and of course David Hawks. I mean that guy uh, books some of yeah. the best bands around, man. Like there's always really good shows happening at the uh, at the Hollywood for sure. Yeah. Mm. Awesome. Right on, I, I, am, I implore the same i implore the same yeah no I, I i implore the same as well so we'll see you though on november 11 hollywood yeah. theater so uh the the history of gunpowder opens the night yeah correct? and then yeah. harpoonist and the axe murder will uh will wrap things up and there may be a crossover maybe a couple songs here <laughs> or there with you know a mixture of both bands which would be pretty cool to see yeah, yeah. This, there's going to be some Ghostbusters stream crossing shit for sure. Oh yeah, <laughs> a lot of plasma crossing here at these shows. <laughs> yes, a lot of plasma. Thank you, thank you, plasma <laughs> cross. Yeah. All right, boys. <laughs> well, have a have a great night. I'll check this around and uh, we'll plug these shows before uh, before too long. What what day are we at? Wow, fuck! You're nine days away. You're ten days away before. Nine yeah. days away. Hey, nine thank days you. Away. Thank yeah. you so much, John. Thank you, right, boys. Thank you very much for yeah. organizing. Yeah, it's good to see you. Uh, thanks again for jumping on, and uh, I guess we'll see you at the show, and then we'll see you online. Follow along on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and SoundCloud. Find us at Talkcast Podcast. Hi, it's Jennifer, a founder of the Go Kid Go Network. Do your kids love wacky worlds, superheroes, and inventing? Of course they do. That's why our shows Bobby Wonder and Lucy Wow are set in Pflugerville, the nonstop fun and adventure universe where imagination, creativity, STEM, and positive role models abound. Join the Pflugerville fun by searching for Bobby Wonder and Lucy Wow on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts.